0: Pablo's Intuition. Conversations and episodes from a young Spaniard's awakening to his intuition. Excerpted from the novel A Voice Beyond Reason. Written and narrated by Matthew Felix. Reason and Revelation. Victor was sitting outside when he heard the telltale sound of his young friend's motorcycle. Setting down the sheet of paper he'd been reading, he secured the entire pile with the colorful tile fragment he used as a paperweight, lest the wind give in to the temptation to browse through its contents. Greetings were exchanged while Pablo took a seat, and Victor went inside to put on some coffee. To pass the time of what would be only the briefest of waits, Pablo picked up the book he'd noticed on his first visit. Letting it open to wherever its pages might fall, he came upon a man with the most curious of names, Averroes. The accompanying illustration depicted a striking figure with a majestic turban, well-kept beard, and pensive, piercing gaze. So, in addition to your cave-dwelling philosophers, you're interested in the greats of the Islamic Golden Age as well, the old man joked, catching him red-handed. Who's Averroes? Pablo asked the red now shooting from his hands to his face. The commentator, Victor enigmatically declared, setting down a tray with everything they would need once the coffee was ready. What do you mean? His commentaries on Aristotle, which, after being translated to Latin, were almost single-handedly responsible for reintroducing Aristotle to the West. No small contribution, although in Islamic philosophy he's much better known for his defense of reason specifically as espoused by a Greek philosophy, which had long been of paramount importance to Islamic thinking. However, it had come under attack from an immensely influential predecessor, al-Ghazali. Al-Ghazali argued that revelation trumped reason, which he considered of only limited worth in only specific circumstances. Averroes, on the other hand, who, interestingly enough, was from just down the road, from Cordoba, Insisted reason did, in fact, have a very important place. He maintained that, rather than contradictory, reason and revelation were complementary, two means to the same end. Victor ducked back inside, returning with a silver cafetera whose full-bodied, satisfying aroma filled the air even before Victor had filled Pablo's cup. Fascinating to think that the battle between reason and revelation, science and religion, if you like, has been waged for so long since the ancient Greeks, if not longer, and that this very land was the setting for such an important chapter of that debate, home to such an influential figure, someone of such importance not only to East, but to West, to Islam and Christianity alike. The battle's pretty much over now, though, don't you think? Pablo remarked, while Victor poured his coffee. The only people who go to church are the old folks, and technology moves so fast it's hard to keep up. No doubt about that, Victor readily allowed, pouring his own cup. But as far as the age-old debate, I think it might be a little premature to declare reason the undisputed winner. Why do you say that? Because even today, our own personal experiences regularly force us beyond its boundaries. Reason comes up short. We continue to observe and experience, to feel, things for which we're unable to imagine, let alone deduce, any sort of rational explanation. Or when we do, those explanations just aren't good enough. "'Like when?' Pablo wondered. "'A breeze billowing through the nearby trees, "'like a group of horsemen galloping around the bend of a trail. "'There's a perfect example.' "'What?' Pablo asked, "'looking around as though Victor had seen something he hadn't. "'Where?' "'Right here,' the old man gestured into the ostensible emptiness, "'taking childish delight in the irony. "'The wind!' If your knowledge that it's caused by the difference in the density between two air masses prevents you from finding wonder in a gentle breeze, does it also stop you from being awestruck when it envelops you on the mountaintop? When you feel its power, fearful that it might well carry you away? Or when you behold the inconceivable havoc it's capable of wreaking, the immeasurable force of something you can't see or touch, something that has no discernible form, yet is capable of such astonishing devastation? Do you feel no sense of mystery then? Do you truly fail to sense something that defies the limits of your intellectual understanding of the physics involved? Pablo said nothing, listening as Victor continued. Then, of course, there's the miracle of birth, the glorious mystery of life itself, and its enigmatic corollary, death. Does your rational understanding of the biology of reproduction, of a sperm fertilizing an egg, take anything away from the indescribably profound moment in which you bear witness to another human being coming into the world? Or instead, does what you feel forever alter your perspective in a way that no medical text could ever rival? On the other end of the journey, when you lose someone you love, are you satisfied with the physiological explanation that regardless of whatever complications may have led up to the final moment, their heart simply stopped beating? Is that all you need to know? Is that all there is to know? Or does the experience provoke in you feelings and questions for which reason alone is unable to provide satisfactory answers, leading you to keep looking, to seek them elsewhere? That struck close to home. Deductive reasoning almost never offers a man on his deathbed any reassurance as to what to expect on the other side, never mind insight about the meaning of the life he's leaving behind. And when a mother throws herself under her child's casket... Rarely is the raw, blistering emotion she feels in her heart at all assuaged by the logical calculations of her mind. Inevitably, reason is impotent before her grief-stricken cries. Again Pablo couldn't help but think about when his father died, remembering how many times in desperation he had asked why. Over and over again, coming up empty-handed each time, he never found any sort of explanation that might somehow make his father's untimely demise make even the slightest bit of sense. And what about love? Victor laughed, visibly pleased with what he considered perhaps the best example yet. Science tells us that falling in love is a chemical reaction in the brain. Socrates and Plato call it a mental disorder. And while the latter is undeniably harder to dispute than the former, he laughed more heartily still, It certainly seems to me that reducing love to mere physiological processes is a poignant example of reason failing to grasp, its inability to grasp, the breadth and depth of an integral part of the human experience. But there probably are chemical reactions going on when you're in love, Pablo proposed, unable to see why Victor might not find the idea credible. Of course there are, the old man allowed with no hesitation. Lots of them, probably more than we even know. For that matter, not just in your brain. From head to toe, the juices are flowing. No doubt about it. But that's not the point. The point is that there's so much more to love than those physiological processes, that the recognition of physiological corollaries to an experience does not inherently represent the totality of that experience. Neither does it negate other dimensions on which we might not have as firm a grasp. Oh yes, love is indeed a perfect example of a case where reason reaches its limits where it has to stay behind in favor of some other way for us to make sense of our experiences as human beings, of the world in which we live, of our very realities. Victor paused, taking a long, slow drink of his coffee. The bigger point, perhaps, is that as a result, and thankfully, the world, our everyday lives, continue to astound— at least until the day reason finally succeeds in explaining everything, which seems unlikely, given the more answers it finds, the more questions it uncovers. Never mind that a world without mystery would be sorely lacking.